Welcome to a podcast. A good podcast about board games and my wife. A very good podcast in which I persuade her. Also, let's not start by saying board games. We don't understand it yet. Is it, yeah, but it's ironic. Why is it ironic? What's the irony? I think maybe this is a good intro. <laughs> I'm ready. Oh, sorry. <laughs> I was talking to the dog. I was liaising. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Board Games with My Wife with me, Jack, and my wife, Lottie. Hi there. This is a Bird of Games podcast. Bird of Games being our publisher with Kickstarter projects coming in autumn of this year. Woohoo! We're excited. Buckle yourself in. You were, you were ready. You were ready to go with that, weren't you? I was so ready. I was eager, and I was. Beaver. I'm just cuddling the dog. Yeah, you're still kissing the dog, but that's fine. That's fine. I have to work with your kind of energy, distractions, vibe. energy vibe all day, every day. So I'm used to it. If you'd like to follow Bird of Games on the interwebs, you can do so by finding us on Twitter and Instagram. We're at Birdwood Games. Also, we have a website. If you'd like to come there, it's birdwoodgames.co.uk. And there you can sign up for our newsletter, which has... Sorry, I came in too early with that hand. I had an hand ready. I prematurely handed. (laughs) (laughs) I thought there was going to be a gap, but I thought I'd get my hand in. But I just (laughs) ploughed over you with my hand. (laughs) And yourself. And pervert. Um... I was saying you can sign up for our newsletter, which is chock full of exclusives and competitions and and sneak peeks of our game that's coming. But also, what about the tell them about the tell them tell them about the giveaway, Sarge? I will tell them about the giveaway, Sarge. Just let me look, drive the ship. You just enjoy being a passenger. That's my, <laughs> my motto for life. What enjoy being enjoy a being a passenger. Uh, there are two competitions happening right now. Will they both still be active? They should still be active. Cricket. They will be. There is. So there is a competition to win a copy of Mariposas to celebrate um, the great Elizabeth Hargraves feature in our next newsletter, which is going out on the 7th of May. Make sure you're signed up not only, not only for the competition, but for the newsletter. We talk about um, designing around things that you love. We talk about inclusivity. And we talk a lot about Mariposas and Wingspan, of course. There's also a competition to win a copy of Villagers, published by Sinister Fish Games. And that's going on over on our Instagram account. Both of them will be in the newsletter if that's what you want to get them. Uh, and I'll see you in your inbox on the 7th of May. We'll be there personally. Do you want to chuck an hand in? No, that was my hand. You've, you've covered it now. You've right, covered okay. all bases. Okay, that was me. Bases covered. Ready to go? Ready to kick off? What's, what's, on, what's, on, the, what's on the agenda today? We're talking about our lack of self-control in the form <laughs> of a podcast. And we're discussing the... Is this is like a therapy session then, actually, not a it podcast? It basically is. We're, on, we're stretched out on the proverbial chaise lounge. Um, oh, a chaise lounge. Have you ever had a chaise lounge? No, my aunt used to have one. I thought like something my aunt one. would have. Yeah, yeah, it's very much like my aunt <laughs> had a chaise lounge, yeah. That's perfect. For those of you who don't know what a chaise lounge is, anyone not know what a chaise lounge is? Also, I'm pretty sure you don't pronounce it chaise lounge. <laughs> probably good, probably pronounce it better than that. It's chaise basically lounge. like, it's like a shit couch, isn't yeah. it? No, I think it's quite a, a cool couch. They're like they're basically like lie down, lie down things, but only one person can lie down on it. I think you could fit more than one person on yeah, there. Oh, it'd be quite, it'd be quite tight. It's in the basically lounge. like a. Um, okay, here we go. A chaise lounge is an upholstered sofa in the shape of a chair that is long enough to support the legs. So it's a shit couch. <laughs> in the modern French, the term chaise lounge can refer to any long reclining chair, such oh. as a deck chair. No, it's not a deck chair. So actually, we've all got a bit of a chaise lounge. We've got some deck chairs. We've got deck, we have got deck chairs, haven't we? Yeah, but they're not. Yeah, but so we've got chaise lounges. Let's not call them chaise. We're like, would you like to sit on the chaise lounge <laughs> in the garden? We got it from we got it from a supermarket for fifteen pounds. That's not even a lie. <laughs> I think if you're saying I've got a sledge, a sledge lounge. Uh, I don't know what's happened to my voice. It's, right, it's not an easy. It's not an easy two words to say. No. But also, should we get a sledge lounge? 
but well, we've got our deck chairs. We bring those in. But anyway, what, what, so what, what, why are we having therapy? Um, because we have bought some games recently. We're always buying games, um, aren't we? Jack and I. Now we are publishing a game. Hopefully this year, we quite often turn to each other and we're like, we probably need to play this game for research purposes. <laughs> for research. <laughs> so we have ended up buying quite a lot of games for research purposes. Now, listeners, research purposes is mainly a thinly veiled lie but we want to play these games. Yeah, but it is, but also they are research purposes as well. Like, they are research purposes. We're having quite a wide range of research. Yeah, but they're, well, they're, they are, but they're, they're, are, they're actually, I think, I think, the general theme of a lot of the ones we bought, actually looking at them all next to each other, they are, they are, they are a lot, Simpler than the games we like would like norm, not normally gravitate towards. We've got a lot of heavy, chunky, weighty games, and these are quite light games, relatively. Relatively, is it not light? I think or... we can see my insidious influence on this podcast. And Your our parasitic life. influence. It's not parasitic. It's insidious. <laughs> I don't survive off you, but I have now utterly controlled you. Well, you've like you've like embedded him under the skin, and now you're now you're spreading your eggs. Oh, I hope no one's eating. That's, horrible. That's, a horrible thought, isn't it? That's a horrible thought. That's a horrible thought. Anyway, so you're insidious parasite. Yes. So basically, these games are heavily influenced by me. If we look at if we look at the stack, there. I would say so. Yeah, but yeah. I don't mind that. I have no problem with it. I'm I'm very happy with this with this creature laying eggs underneath my skin. I'm like, you know what? I'm having a good life. I'm, I'm so living life. So it's symbiotic then. Yeah, I'm I'm happy with it. I'm happy with this situation. As long as I don't like bust out my eyes in the night, I'm fine. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll go. We'll use a different passage of exit. Um. <laughs> So yeah, we're talking about eight games we've bought recently. How many people are going to be like skin crawling at that now? Yeah, they're going to turn. I'm a bit. I'm a bit like. Ugh. Yeah, if you feel like giving us a one star review for that, no one's judging you. <laughs> I, I'm judging you a little bit. Please give us five star reviews. Thank you. Dan. Please be like this would be. This was terrible, but I'm giving a five star review anyway. <laughs> so we're going to be talking about the eight games we purchased recently. We're talking about why we've bought them, and we're going to be giving you an overview because we have played most of them as well. That's a rarity. That we've is actually, really rare. We've actually got games, played the game, got another game. That's normally we get a game. We're like, well, that will stay on the shelf for a good year. Yeah. There are, in fact, what's our record on our shelf of shame, which for those who are unindoctrinated with the gaming nomenclature, is the shelf of games that you haven't or played yet. Or the shelf of opportunity. Oh, that's nice. That is nice, isn't it? I think you I think found I, like I, weird I, 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 no, like, primary I'm not, cla- I'm not claiming, I've seen that on somewhere on, 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 online, I didn't, I didn't make that up. I'm not claiming glory for things like that. No, I don't, I don't remember who did it or where it was seen, but I thought... <laughs> so you're not claiming glory, but equally you're not offering any credit either. It's credit vaguely to the ether. <laughs> Either. thank you um but yeah the, the, our record is well a, a couple of years yeah because the thing yeah that's like three years old now yeah We've had that for like three years it would to be fair the pandemic has really scuppered us yes. in playing games in person with people so maybe yes. we, can have like a, we can take a year off. i think twilight imperium will go will go quite a long time yeah i don't know why you got a copy of that it was so hopeful oh, so naive and so maybe hopeful. we'll train my dog to play it maybe just eat the pieces yeah so, can you make us feel better listeners by telling us what games you own and you haven't yeah. ever played. Yeah, we'd really like to know. Um, I quite often have really fun conversations in our Instagram DMs with people who are recommending games to me, so come and do that over there. Sorry you're not involved with oh. this. Apparently <laughs> so. I'm not, I'm not talking about these fun conversations. Uh, before we get into the episode, should we talk about what's caught our eyes, respectively? Or both eyes, or four eyes. Yeah. Well, what's caught your eye? Um, start. I don't know if we talked about this one before. We probably have because of, I'm, I'm pretty actually sure you bought it, but it's back in the hotness on BGG, and so it's Brew by Pandasaurus. I Games. did bring this game. I did this before. Sorry, it's designed by Steve O'Torres, um, and the reason I do have something new to say about it. In fairness, do you? I'll uh, check the records. Um, it definitely is new because I don't even think I've told you about this yet. Um, <laughs> you made it. You designed it the game. Like I've given birth to Brew. Yeah. Um, and the thing they have to report back is so Brew is 
just to give those who didn't listen to the episode whenever it was um is a game about bringing back balance to the forest with potions and woodland creatures so obviously you know tick 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 um it looks really fun and it has a kind of like anime looking style yeah is that what it it looks like yeah it looks almost like a netflix animated series like that's the style i'd say it looks like yeah but the thing that is has brought it back into my view recently is Pandasaurus ran a uh, competition, I think it was on Twitter, to name four of the animal characters in the game, which was really fun. There were loads of really cute ideas. And there's like a little like newt character with like horns. And so the other three are called uh, like Sniff, Clit, like Tally. And then the newt character with horns is called Pickles, <laughs> which I just love. And I'm now obsessed with Pickles. Um... And I would, I'm really considering pre-ordering a copy. Um, and so I've been flitting around on the Pandasaurus website this morning. Mm-hmm. And I normally associate them with Dinosaur Island. And that's like the end of my thoughts of what Pandasaurus do. But they actually do quite a lot of diverse publishing. They do, So yes. they do The Mind, Sonora, which I really want to try. Um, they do Machi Coro. They do Wayfinders. Um, and Brew and Umbravia, which I've seen loads of people talking mm. about recently. So it's like... I don't know why, why I just thought they were dinosaurs. I suppose Dinosaur Island is such a big thing for them. And they're called Panasaurus Games. There is that. It's very dinosaur-y. But I just, I really like their catalogue. I'm vibing with it so much. Um, Good, strong vibes. You like, you. like like a brew? I do. I really do. It's probably going to... Although, please, someone, just take my money away. Um, I need to not order anything else, but I am tempted. What's caught your eye? Uh, there's a game on... Which I think I mentioned... Get off, dog. <laughs> I'm resting the dog for this. My control on my laptop. There's game. There's a game on Kickstarter um, called Florence uh, by um, Braincrack Games, designed by Dean Morris, who, oh, cool. who, who, who we know. Who we know. Who's a very nice, very nice man. Um, and yeah, it's it's a it's a kind of like a heavy heavier style Euro game where I think, in my understanding of the game, is you are basically. It sounds quite interesting. You're you're like trying to i think you're trying to court you're trying to court people and trying to gain influence at parties uh and there's lots of things in it, like there's giving gifts and there's like you know there's 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 flaunting your wealth and showing off it's it looks very much like a euro but it's interestingly described as like a war style game um where it's quite quite cutthroat which sounds quite interesting it's got this lovely um italian sort of like florence obviously like yeah. this you one would expect like you look to it and theming to it in terms of like the uh, it, it, italian italy sort of you know comes through and through with it and it's obviously set i don't know what looks probably two or three hundred years ago and yeah it looks really engaging it's on kickstarter right now the meeples are really cool it's got these lovely little carriages in it as well where you assume that the, 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 have we spoken about this we have i think we've mentioned it before on the podcast but i bought it back. i'm having major deja vu talking about how cool the miniatures of the, the carriages, carriages are. are yeah 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 Everybody has spoken about it. Yeah, we like it back, very much. But it's back now. It's back now. Yes, it's on Kickstarter now, and it will still be on Kickstarter for a couple of weeks whilst there. It's funded, so it's going to be made, and it looks really cool. Exciting times! Well, congratulations to Brain Crack mm. and Dean Morris. Mm-hmm. It looks like a good one. Anything else? I haven't bought anything else of you. No, I haven't bought anything else either. We bought one thing each. One thing each. That's acceptable. And we shake hands and we do our go our separate ways. Okay. Actually, should we do the rest of the podcast then? Then we'll shake hands and go our separate yeah. for for another two weeks until we we, we reconvene. Yeah, you've made that joke before. It hasn't got any funnier. Can I ask you a quick favour, podcast listener? Um, if you haven't already, we would so appreciate it if you were subscribed to Board Games with My Wife, this very podcast that you're listening to, and if you could rate and review the podcast wherever you're listening. Five star reviews really help other people find the podcast and stumble across our complete waffle talk. Um, and so. Please help us ensnare more listeners. 
it would be much appreciated. <laughs> We're ensnaring is our favourite kind of recruitment of listeners. Yeah. Trapping. Coercion. Oh, that's a bridge too far, I think. Okay, ensnarement then. Yeah. I'm imagining like um a kind of like uh, roadrunner style yeah, like, trap. Like sweets, coyote. Like leading up to like a oh, box. Oh, no, no, not the child catcher. No, no, no. If we catch children, we catch children. This is reality of the trap. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, trap that one out. No, but it's like we have like a row of sweets leading up to a box and the box drops on them and it all plays our podcast at them. And then we just we just pump that into them for like 12 hours and then they'll just love it after that. I don't think that's how you get people to like things. So you don't think that's a good marketing technique? No. Also pricey. Well, it's not that pricey. You just need to look a good box. And sweets. Oh, we have to keep restocking the sweets. Yeah, we could buy cheap sweets. Also, this is like, I wouldn't take random sweets off. Like, oh, like, oh about... there's a box hanging up there. <laughs> what, about, what about crisps? No. Cheese savouries? No, I'm not taking cheese savouries off the street. Even if they're cheese savouries, which is God tier of crisps. No one come at me. They're not crisps, are they? They're like crackers. <laughs> Where do you find them? In the crisp aisle. Yeah, but you probably find all sorts of weird. How would you describe them then? You find like like you find little savoury morsels. You find Doritos in the crisp aisle. They're crisps. But what's what's a crisp? Isn't crisp a fried potato? Let's turn to our old friend Google. Let's turn to our old friend the internet. This should be a board game. The old friend Google. We just Google stuff. It's a potato. It's fried potato. Or does it mean fried potato? It means something else. You about to blow my mind with what crisps actually mean? A wafer thin slice of potato, fried or baked until crisp and eaten as a snack. Potato exactly. It's got to be potato to be a crisp. Hmm. It could be a savoury, a, a savoury, a savoury treat. Hmm. Well, there's not a savoury treat aisle in Sainsbury's. Is there oh, what is that aisle actually called? Is it called the crisp aisle, or is it called savoury? It actually probably is called savoury something. Yeah, savoury, savoury confectionery. No, because confectionery is not savoury. Oh, why not? It's sweet. That's just how it is. <laughs> it's just. <laughs> Except, that's just. That's just how it except is. Except the facts of life. What if I want to change the world? Because like, that's how it is. Well, you can dedicate your time to that. I'm going to start telling people about the games we bought recently. Oh, do you, um, want, do you want to do that? Yeah. <laughs> no, <Yes>. I, <laughs> I have. I noticed this really. I re- I re-listened to one of our episodes, and I I have really weird inflection. You and do. I noticed this in my my genuine my genuine genuine life. Like my inflection is really weird. You like do. randomly, I'll just just do that, and it's like, am I, am I asking a question? Am I making yeah. a statement? Sometimes when I listen to you talk on the phone, I think you are so irritating. <laughs> Anyway, my, infle- my inflection is very bizarre. But anyway, let's get on to the main topic, which okay. is seven games for seven brothers. It's eight games that we bought recently, but thanks for turning up. <laughs> <laughs> is it seven brothers from the That's a film, isn't it? I don't know. I think it is. I maybe I made that up. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> okay, I'm going to go first, um, whilst you pull yourself together. <laughs> emotionally, or just like... Well, seeing as this is a counselling session, probably emotionally. Um, I'm going to talk about Dokaido first, published by Funforge and designed by... I think Antoine Bowser. I believe it is Antoine Bowser, yes. And Tokaido is a really zen, chilled out game about travelling. We've got a French version. Huh? Yeah, yeah we've got the French version, yeah. I accidentally bought the wrong version. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. Um, we have a French version, so I'm not going to read the back of the box to you. I'm just going to tell you what it's about from my memory. Um, it's a lovely game about a road trip across Japan. And along your road trip, you're travelling with uh, fellow travelling companions and you are stopping to see various sites, try different foods and have different experiences and collect like um, mementos along your way. The game is a really interesting combination of point-to-point movement and player interaction in terms of your the person who goes last. The person who goes last goes first. Yes. Person who, sorry, the person who is last goes first. Yes, the person who goes last goes first. So for example, if um, 
the other players and who you were playing with steamed away and ahead of you, you'd have loads of time to just plod your way through Japan on your road trip. So there's a really interesting balancing act going on in this game. Uh, we picked this up because we were interested in trying some more point-to-point movement um, games, and this one's a really interesting example of one that is completely linear so you're going from one point to another you can't go backwards you can turn around if you want to when you get Mm. to the end of the track and go backwards if you want to extend your game um and i think it has captures the element of traveling really nicely i think it's really successful at doing that but yeah so i i i feel with this game that it's a it's really actually the design is very clean like even the art and the graphics and the visuals of it being very white it's very like it's it's got a very like clean and zen feel to it like a lot of just white blank space there's no there's no there's no there's no no overload no no overload of art and design and graphics it's all very simple and that clean feel does go through the gameplay of being like because you're moving forward and you're getting whatever the thing is at, yeah. at the point. There's not. There's. Uh, it's a lot of. Yeah. It's quick. It was really. Yeah. I was surprised how brisk it was actually. It was brisk. I think as well because the board is so long. You're maybe expecting a longer experience, but you mm. are moving through it at quite a paced fashion. I agree. I think that the art choices seem to be. They are in keeping with the game experience, which is very mellow, very um, smooth. However, I'm not sure how I feel about so much white space on the board, particularly. Mm, I really I like that. it on the box. I think it's quite distinctive. But on the board, it feels like this could make, maybe could have been a smaller board. But I suppose, you know, you have this nice straight line from X to Y. Um, and I think this would be a great game to play with. Uh, it's kind of like a gateway game, I would say. Absolutely, yeah. I agree. It's a gateway game, yeah. So the next one on our list is... I'm going to go for Tiny Towns by AEG. How tiny are these towns? They're pretty small, to be fair. They're pretty small. Uh, designed by Peter McPherson. So Tiny Towns is... Why is kind Peter of... McPherson's name making you laugh? Your comment was making me laugh. Nothing uh, Peter McPherson. <laughs> Nothing to do with Peter Sometimes you amuse me, you know, on occasion. Tiny Towns is a tableau building bingo style game whereby you are, you're, you're collecting resources... And you are placing them on your grid and they are combining together to make these buildings. And, and when you combine these resources together, you'll build a building in a space and the buildings have different combinations and powers and things that they do to ultimately try and score the most points so you, you win. It's bingo style in that basically what happens is one player says whatever resource, let's say wood. Why, are we, why is this called bingo style? Because I, I think it's because it's a caller. A caller is making out, he's calling something and all players get it. Like, have you ever played bingo before? <laughs> Yes. Why is that funny? People might not have played bingo before. This... I think it's odd if you haven't played bingo. Well, if, if people are listening, have you played bingo before? If not, get yourself down to the bingo hall and get yourself one of them dabbers and go mental. The dabbers are the best bit, I think, of the But bingo. also really quite stressful. Yeah, I, I don't actually like playing bingo in a competitive environment. <laughs> I am a big fan of the non-competitive bingo scene. <laughs> The cooperative bingo doesn't really work. No. But yeah, I couldn't go and do it because it's like, I also have a fear of like, if I ever play bingo, I actually, if I got the whole house, I wouldn't actually say, I just, it's fine. <laughs> it's fine, I'm just not going to shout. Just shout bingo, just go, bingo. No, this is the introvert's guy. And then someone bingo. comes over and goes, that's, you've, you've effed it and you're like, oh. I'm Sorry. not worried about that. I just don't want to shout oh. bingo. Even if you won like a million I, pounds. Yeah, I don't want to draw the attention to Even myself. if you were the million what pound think, bingo. What I think is interesting is how much money would I have to win to actually shout bingo? A thousand pounds. Five thousand pounds. I probably, yeah, no. Okay, so three thousand pounds. We're going to find the exact Do that. If a thousand pounds. Three thousand pounds. hundred pounds. 
someone was like, you're going to win £100, and you just got to shout, probably in front of 500 to 1,000 people, yeah, but bingo. Yeah, you have got to stand up afterwards. No, you don't go to the front and like, <laughs> shake someone's hand and get a big check. <laughs> I thought you said you played bingo before. I have, someone I shuffles around, they check your card and go, yes, Tony, she won. <laughs> <laughs> in the UK as well, it would be, yes, Tony, she's won. <laughs> Sorry, I derailed you. But anyway, it's, it's bigger because someone calls it and then everyone has to then take the thing. They, they, everyone gets the, the... It doesn't give me the same instead, fear instead that of, will Instead of whatever, me. two ducks, 22, whatever it is, it's, it's, it's wood. Um, and, they, and, they, and then you take a piece of wood. Um, it's wood. Anyway, so you take a piece of wood and that's what makes it quite... That's, that's the unique unique thing of this game is it's that kind of thing of it being like... It's a, it's a relatively simple tableau building style sort of area management. You're building these buildings and creating combinations game. But the fact that you're calling the resources and then, and then constructing the buildings based on that, that's the kind of unique element of the game. I think, think also is, because you're taking turns doing that. You're not in control yes. of what's coming into your town. Yeah, and in a more player game, obviously, the more resources you'll get, which is which is good because you'll get those resources potentially and your, your opponents might help you, but also back because the opponents might just keep giving you stuff you don't want and then you're stuck with it which is a bit yes. awkward tell the people why you insisted on buying this because if you're a frequent listener of the podcast you'll know that I fought against getting tiny towns I don't know why I insisted on buying it I think I just thought it'd be quite fun and light and it was quite fun and light it was quite fun and light I'm not sure how I feel about there is an element of uh, there's an element of <laughs> this is like my internal struggle um, is this a bit too luck based do you know what I mean like it's a bit too much. It's a bit too beyond my control. Yeah, I kind, um, I kind of, kind of see where you're coming from with that. There is a bit of like, oh, okay, I've now stuck with all this wood or this stone or this glass yeah. or whatever, and you, you, you don't want that. But there's or, no way to like reuse those things. Like I've got to put them in my town. Like, my town has have like, this, a surplus of like. Also, mines. I think unfortunately this game plays into something that you just don't like in games, where it's like that kind of like, that kind of like. You have to be, particularly in placement games, in tile placement or item placement games, where it's like you've got to be thinking. You can't just think mm. about how how pretty something is or how good it looks. Or it's, how, it's, it's not, like to be fair, you, you can't really make. This no, look you can't really pretty. make it pretty. To be fair, but yes, but the it's problem like, with this is that you can't move it. No, it's you've got, fixed. Yes, you've, got, you've done town planning. You've committed to the architecture, and it's like you've you've absolutely. So what, it. what basically tells me is you you don't want a career as a town planner. I really don't. Because you'd be like, look. We'll just rip it all up and start again. Then we can't. Also, I do find it frustrating. I think this, I think for the right person, and I think you enjoy this. I quite enjoy it. Yeah. Um, it's not. It's my light exact... and really easy. It's 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 easy to understand. It's I think actually it's quite hard to play well, which I think is shown by the fact that I won this game. Mm. Yeah, yeah. And I was like, no, please God. <laughs> um, but the thing that I find irritating about all placement games is where you're kind of funneled in by your bad decisions. Yeah. It, the same is true of actually is um, of cartographers. Yeah. Um, where you have to write down where yeah, you've been. Yeah, yeah. And I just like it. It comes back to haunt me because I don't like full planning. I like to be. Re- that's it. I like to be reactive. Yeah. You and do. so if there's a game where it's like you have to make this decision now and it's come back to bite you, um, I then feel you resent sorely the game. You resent the game. Resent me. Resent everyone in the house. I don't feel resentful. I just feel a tad murderous. You know. <laughs> so that was Tiny Towns. That's why we bought it as well. <laughs> test, test, test out the murderousness. That's right. The next one we bought was a recent buy and was Plotlot by Moonstone Games and designed by Gemma Newton. Plotlot is a game that I picked up because, well, there's several things I couldn't remember. Really yeah, there's, there's, a, there's a cascading array of reasons why you picked up Plotlot, yeah. isn't there? So Plotlot is a really charming looking game about um, planting and harvesting and cropping uh, different plots. So you're a vegetable 
I don't know, allotment owner, a vegetable farmer. personage. You're a vegetable personage. And the other reason that I loved it is because Plotlock comes in at 20 to 45 minutes, a superb play length for those looking to fill some time and ease their. A lot of these games we're talking mind. about are um, that sort of play length, aren't they? Yeah. I think because what we're looking for at the moment is we're looking for more diversity in that. Absolutely, that, that, absolutely, um, yeah. yeah. Part of our games collection was really lacking, and it's something we really enjoy playing. Yes, completely um, agree. So sometimes we're a bit of a loss because of all our games are like an hour and a half or plus, two hours. And, like, and also, those games generally, even if it's only an hour to an hour and a half, it quite it takes like 15 minutes to set it up, and yeah. it's just like, and then remind yeah. ourselves of the rules. And yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah Plosh Lot was bang, 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 set it up, easy peasy, off we went. Um, the other reason that I love Plosh Lot is because the publisher Moonstone Games have a commitment to making games for people and planet. So Plosh Lot arrived with absolutely zero plastic so i bought it straight from uh, moonstone and it arrived in a cardboard box wrapped in paper there's no shrink wrap on it they put stickers on their boxes so the lids don't come off um and i just thought that was such a refreshing thing to see mm. and something i'm so inspired by and the size of plush dot is really small it's kind of like the eight and a5 size and i'm wondering how much we can learn from moonstone and what they're doing for a publisher that hopes to publish larger games. Yes. And so I just love that whole ethos and I you know, was absolutely besotted by it. The game itself looks gorgeous as well. Um, and Plotlot is a really cute, fast-paced game where you are drawing from three stacks of cards. You're either drawing vegetable cards, action cards, or you're drawing from the compost heap, which is basically the discard pile that starts to fill up during the game. And it's kind of similar to a game that we also bought recently, but it's not on this list, oh, yeah. um, called Harvest Island, in that you're trying to harvest the best vegetables as opposed to your opponent and what is nice about plot lot um as opposed to a game like harvest island is it has a little bit more of a luck based element there's more take that in this game so if you're a group of players this plays for two to five players by the way and um, if you're a group of players likes a bit more luck and a bit more kind of combativeness mm. in terms of um luck of the draw in terms of what cards you're picking up i think you'll really like plot a lot we have decided to give this one a house rule for us because in plot a lot you have one plot each at the start in the two-player game and then there are two more plots shuffled into the deck um in our game jack managed to draw both plots so he had three plots whilst i only had one and the plots determined the capacity so i think we're going to house rule that we're going to have fixed plots in our yeah, game yeah. or maybe shuffle more plots in yeah. but what's really nice about this game is it feels really easy to pick up we yeah. decided that we'd house rule that after our first play yeah. and it feels like yeah that feels completely doable and accessible um I really like games where it feels like you can start to make your own adjustments. To yeah, what yeah, I think there's always that's true. Every game, every game's always got like elements of like, and the more complicated the big they are, the harder that becomes. It's like, well, what's the what's the knock-on effects of this going to be? Mm. You know, for for you know, for the rest of the game. But actually, yeah, it's it's, it's such, such a game where you think, yeah, I could do that, and that's yeah. fine. The um, art in Plus Light is lovely. Yeah. A shout out to the artist as well, um, Miriam Hull, and is really really cute. I think if you are a fan of the Everdale art, it has that kind of really sweet. Um, woodland critter style but also a really beautiful quality of light in the art pieces as well so definitely want to check out if you're looking for a little card game um, that packs a punch next one then on my list is going an ice cream van an ice cream van at least an ice cream van <laughs> is that a thing do you think anywhere outside the UK duh, 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 duh. is it green sleeves I can't hear anymore do you remember the, the ice cream van is coming it's coming for us and there was a time where basically I would over summer I would I'd run out to the ice cream van. Oh, yeah, like, there was a time when you ran out in your socks like an actual like twelve year old, <laughs> and I was like, oh, that's heartbreaking, but also a bit. And, he, and there was a, a time where sad. I missed him, and there was a time where I, a couple of times where I got him, and I was well chuffed about that. And I got myself a Mr. Whippy. And you got me one. And I got you one as well, yeah. But I got but I got me I got me the double one because you don't like the double one. 
I just don't think it's necessary. <laughs> <laughs> it, I love a double Mr. Whippy, raspberry sauce and a flake. No, the raspberry sauce hold that. I, to be fair, I can have it sans raspberry sauce. I can, I can, you know, I'm happy to go either way. Not raspberry sauce. Raspberry sauce is too much. That's basically just like sugar syrup. Anyway, from sugar syrup, we go to Machikoro. <laughs> what a great segue. Well, you've got the Pandasaurus uh, Games version. Um, I think it's been published a few times by different people, and it's designed by Masao Suganuma. It's a... It's a, it's a oh, funny enough, actually, it's got similar similarities to Tiny Towns, and it's not quite as bingo-like, but it's got an Who element of... Who this one? Uh, me. And did, did, did you enjoy this one? More so than Tiny Chance, but I have comments and I'll hold them until you're done. To the end of the presentation. Thank <laughs> yeah. you very much. There's a slide to say, any questions, please? Um, so in Tiny Towns, it's kind of like a, you're, it's a... It's a city building game. You're building a city uh, with a view to basically building the best city. And the way it's done is it's got a really interesting mechanic where you ro- you roll a... Di- every player at the start of their turn rolls a dice. and that di- Or dice, potentially, later in the game. Or die. Die is plural, isn't it? Die. Die. Yeah. Die. Rolls a die and then rolls more die later in the game. Uh, and you... The number that is rolled has an effect. Now, certain buildings do different things. So they, they, for example, give all players points. They give they all players money. They give you money. They take money off other players. So there's lots of different things. And you're using that money to buy more buildings. And so it's you're increasing. You're basically increasing your chances and luck based on the based on the die roll. What you're going to roll. What your opponent might roll. And you're basically trying to just to build like a little mini engine so that you'll, you'll generate enough money so you can buy these big four big structures that will then eventually mean that you win the game. Uh, and it's really simple, really quick. Uh, it's kind of like I say it's, it's got that it's got that kind of um, it's got that kind of you know very light engine builder feel of com- combining a few things together to get to get you a certain amount of uh, amount of coins and points. Uh, but yeah, no, I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was very light, very easy, very easy to understand, and very and quite fun. Can I make my point now? You can make your points now. Welcome, questions. Okay. Over to the floor. Thank you. I also think that it was light and fun. However, there's a bit of a problem posed if you want to play Machikoro and take it quite serious. I think this is a problem basically in the two-player game where, um, because we're passing back and forth, and I actually do think this works really nicely at two players for the rest of the game, but because you're passing back and forth the dice rolls, um, if you both play in a fairly similar way, which Jack and I do, we both built sufficient engines to score us points should the die roll come off, it became a point of who's going to get the die roll first. Yeah, who's gonna, yeah. It's the luck of the, luck of the roll. Um, I think maybe in a four-player game that would be diluted because it's kind of like oh, is it gonna and be? you could be losing points or getting points off other people. Yeah, but it was very much it was pretty much about three turns in a row, four turns in a row, where it was like I didn't get it, you didn't get it, I didn't get it, you didn't get it. It's yeah. just like waiting for someone to roll the, the yes. magic numbers. We both had the capacity to do it, but only if the dice came off. Yeah, and I don't know if there are expansions for this where you can maybe change the face of the die. I know there's one card that allows you to re-roll, but it kind of feels like at the end of the game you're just playing out the luck game, yeah. which is fine because it's not pretending to be anything more than that. No. But it was also like we both, in terms of ability, it feels like we drew. Yeah. But I won in terms of luck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that would be true always of a two-player version of the game because there's not another person, not the party affecting things in there, and it's like you know. Yeah, it's but a... I think that'd be even if there was a third or fourth player. I still think if you all played in a similar way, you all have the capacity. The engines have the capacity to do the job, but it's then yes. just who gets to roll the dice. And get the result first. Yeah, but I think it's a simple, a simple, fun game. I think it's one of those ones where, like, you could teach people really easily. I think people would yeah, find yeah, it engaging yeah, and enjoyable. Yeah. I'm not going in on it. I'm also, what saying. I like about this kind of game, I like about this game, I like it about Tiny Towns as well, is that no matter whose turn it is, something's always happening. You're always doing something. Yes, that is nice. And you're nice. always engaged yeah. because like, dice rolls. Oh, you rolled a four. Oh, I didn't get anything. Oh, I got yeah. something because I got this out and yeah. the other. And it's like so that's. Did you? I don't know if you mentioned in your um, explainer that there are two types of the cards activate 
it can activate on an opponent's turn. I vaguely covered that well. briefly, yeah, yeah, very briefly. But that is nice, actually. And the same... Did you just say this out in the Yeah, I did. Am I, did, I having yeah. some kind of I think maybe amnesia? Or paying attention to me in general. That could be more likely. You just phase me out into like a yeah. gentle hum. Um, I wish it was a gentle hum. Um... <laughs> Yes, that is that is really true for both of those games, actually. And I think make, what makes them really good games, if you're playing with new gamers or younger gamers, you are... Everyone is in the mix at all points. I really like that everyone's in the mix. And then you're, mm. you're always thinking, oh, I got this. And, and, and you get that ability to pay attention to someone's turn. It's quite particular. Obviously, the, more, the higher weight you go, the less you can. But that can be... There are two types of gamers often. Gamers that want to know what's going on with everybody and do everything or gamers who are just playing their own game and just whatever happens, happens. Mm. And I think this one's taps because it because it forces you to pay attention. It kind of like, is, it, it makes it more accessible because also you can kind of copy other people and be like, oh, you're doing that. Okay, so I'll do that. Yeah. And that, and that. Okay, fine. Yeah. yeah. Or, or like, oh, yeah. that's happened. Oh, I got that as well. So yeah. you don't forget. That's another happen in these kinds of games. It's like, oh, I forgot. I should have, I should have, I should have got a point when you got that point because of this card over here and it's like, yeah. no, no, you were forced to do it because everyone does it. Yes. I think what's interesting though is that I like the weight of both of those games but there's something I suppose slightly more strategic about Tiny Towns or at least there's more about if, you can, if you're able to fall plan you can set yourself up better but there's something about when I think about replayability in games I want something where I think next time I might do this to affect this, but I don't know what I'd do next time. Besides enjoying myself again, but I'd probably just be playing a similar game to the one I previously played. Yeah, I think that's a fair comment, is that you probably, probably, but we're not, we're not really rinse and repeat game people where it's like I enjoyed that experience let's just rinse and repeat that experience we quite like because of the way we, we play we like a diverse different experience with each one time. exception huh? with one exception banana grams <laughs> we, like, we, like, we like it to be like okay right you know yeah, we like it to be like right okay this time I'm going to try this strategy or this strategy or try this or try that and that's kind it's of it's not a, even that I want to try new strategies and I consciously think about that it's that I think what draws me back to a game why would I play? Why will I play? Again? I think I think it's that thing of roots roots to the end state about how you're going to get you. Yeah. The, the end state might be the same for every game or be virtually similar, but the roots to the end state in Machikoro, there's like one route. Yeah. And in other games, there might be five routes, and then that at least you 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 bounce between the routes, and that's interesting. I think mm. often in, in a lot of games. Fascinating. Okay, so next on the list is a gorgeous game called Bosk, designed by Daryl Andrews and Erica Boyoris, and published by Floodgate Games. And Bosk has been on our radar for quite some time. And if you've seen years. the box and you know... Well, not years, because it was published in 2019. Yes. <laughs> um, if you've seen the box and you know anything about my kind of taste, you'll know at exactly why. So Bosk, Bosk has this really evocative uh, picture of a forest on the front of the box and professes to be about uh, navigating the four seasons and growing trees. So obviously it's something that is appeals to me every time. The reason why we haven't picked up until now is because Bosk is a area majority and area influence game which naturally I am disinclined to play unless if there's other things to do so for example Scythe I really enjoy um, even though it has some area majority and influence but I feel like there's enough room on the board in Scythe to move around and do my own thing um, so I was a little bit concerned that Bosk would be a bit too close quarters for me because having a look at some of the pictures online you can see that you are placing trees on a grid and it doesn't look like there's loads of room to you can't have your own little um glen of your own trees you're in the mix with other people it's quite reminiscent of photosynthesis in that way you're trying to position yourself against um other 
uh, players trees um, and so if you've played photosynthesis you might like this it's also very similar in terms of the um, components they also have these trees that slot together in that 3d way so it does look great on the table um, and I have to say I think after a player boss there is enough room not to feel really combative and claustrophobic if area influence and management is something you don't necessarily gravitate towards and I think the theme of Bosque where it's not combative in the war sense or there's no actual fighting going on really helps with that there's no you don't have the adrenaline rush of oh my god someone's come over with their armies and now I'm gonna have to fight someone you don't feel that same sense of um, anxiety um, as you do with a theme like Bosque. Um, I think the design is really neat. It plays over four seasons, which is always really nice. Um, and it has some really beautiful components. So lovely hikers, these fantastic um, um, squirrel meeples and leaf meeples. Yeah, I can't believe we haven't added this game to our collection yet. Until this point, I, don't, I yeah. just couldn't believe it. It was just like, how have we not bought this? This was one of those games where it was like... It, visually so engaging like yeah. to play it and to, to, to sort of just so I, I, lo I love it when a game brings in height and into the game and it's got it's got different dimensions there's yeah. different things going on the components are really superior. and the components are just fantastic it's just one of those examples again of like just just like taking a theme an idea yeah. and taking it to the, the level where it's like yeah trees mm -hmm. verticality crit you know, little critters running around like that sort of stuff it just it just fits perfectly yeah the playtime as well, 20 to 40 minutes, so, you know. Perfect for us, no as always. So the next game on our list that we purchased, but it hasn't arrived yet. I don't understand why. We're, we're, we're trying to find out where as to where it is. Is Meadow by Rebel Studio, designed by Clemens Kalicki. And it is a absolutely, and again, talking about stunning games, another stunning visual game. And I think it's one of those ones where you see this and think, yeah, I know why they bought that. Mm. Um, it's a kind of, it's, it's, it's a card game where you are, drafting and you are collecting sets exploring this meadow it's got gorgeous like little critters on it birds animals wildlife things that are in the meadow and this just looks like uh, it looks like a put the perfect game for us it really does it looks like, like our kind of game to a yeah. tee the theming being like light and you know not not too heavy and it's it, it does have a slightly longer playtime which is interesting 60 yeah. to 90 minutes i think that's good so, though we'll be, think... be interesting how 60 to 90 minutes it is it'll be really interesting to see that <laughs> Um, do you know what I mean? Like how how I know like, what you mean. Yeah. It's an interesting phrasing. Yeah, uh, but yeah, the, the actual the actual theme of it is just looks lovely. It just looks gorgeous, and the and the, the beautiful art um, just again looks really 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 fantastic. Yeah, what I like about this as well, it's a game in its theme encourages players to tread really lightly. So it describes itself as a game where you start your journey into nature and collect cards to become a true nature observer. And I really like that. There are so many board games I think with themes that are like dominate this place exploit this area mine this resource and i think games that have a light touch in terms of how players interact with even their imaginary surroundings are really really cool so this has a like a really gentle theme um the art by caroline Kajak is absolutely beautiful hand-painted watercolor illustrations are totally my vibe um and so i can't wait to play this we ordered it ages ago now so yeah, I'm, we did, um, yeah. I'm i'm really looking forward to it turning anytime up anytime soon hopefully yeah i see people i think who are based in america with their copies and i'm just like you <laughs> If only we lived in America. No, um, I'm, I'm looking forward to it coming, though. Really, I'm looking forward yeah, to it coming. me too. Excited for Meadow. Also, interestingly enough, Meadow also includes envelopes with additional cards to open at specific times. Ooh, so there's that kind of little... It's like a legacy element. No, yeah. it'd probably, probably be more kind of like, a, now you know this rule, open up and add the toads to the game. <laughs> the classic toads. Um, yeah, but that is a really interesting kind of additional bit of... Ooh, yeah. that's 
exciting and also yes. another reason to I don't know if that will happen during a play or if it will happen at the end of your first game then you can open it yeah, but yeah. that's another reason to go back and replay like imagine if Machi Koro was like now you've played your first game play put these, these other in. things yeah, like, yeah, no, and no, even I mean. though you could do that in the rules and recommend you play a certain way actually passing the content off into envelopes and saying you can't open it till the end I think is a really fun way to keep players engaged no, I with feel, yeah, the game. I think, I think it is. It's, it's, it's a really cool way to keep the game going. Okay, so the next one uh, that we bought recently is Trekking in the National Parks uh, by Underdog Games and designed by... I don't know who it's designed by. I don't have the designer name on the box. I think it's designed by someone called Charlie. Yes, Charlie Bink. So Trekking in the National Parks is a game about exploring America's beautiful... Um, national parks funny enough um, and it's a game where you are traveling across a map of north america and you're visiting different uh, national parks with your little meeple you're collecting national parks and you're collecting uh, these like they're like m&ms but they what are, do yeah. you call them I think they're, yeah they're like, they're like location buttons yeah like these location buttons you go so you're marking your route where by um by collecting things as you go and this plays like a combination of ticket to ride in terms of you're moving around the board you're doing color matching in terms of like you're picking up cards from a central area and then uh, putting them down to play parks and to move and it plays like a combination of parks by key master yeah key master and it's similar to parks in that when you are collecting a national park you have to pay um different types of resources that you've collected so for example in trekking you might pay a tree a mountain and a boot for a for a, for a type of park and so if you've played parks by Keymaster, that's very similar to how they do their park claiming where you have to collect resources then to claim the park um so that's a really interesting combination of gameplay it's incredibly easy yeah. um but still quite engaging so this plays for about 30 to 60 minutes and we played in about 40 at a two-player game so it's a really nice kind of like sunday afternoon easy breezy game because it takes very little brain power but still quite a lot of planning moving around you can be really reactive in this game that i like so because it's a map of North America. To begin with, I was wondering how flexible movement was going to be, but you can actually move very quickly, and you're not stuck in one area of the map if you move Yeah, I was, I was surprised by that, actually, because when I, when I realised the movement was the card value, it was like, oh, this, the, 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 is this going to be awkward to get from one side of the map to the other? But you can, you can, you can very easily, you'll, you'll get cards throughout the game, and you just, oh, I'm, I made, I've dashed across the map now, and that's, the, and yeah, you don't feel like, oh my god, I've got to plod and plod and plod. Yeah. Um, the thing that's really nice about trekking is not only is the gameplay really suitable for younger players and new players, um, but the park cards have really cool facts on them. So it's quite an educational experience mm. if you engage with it in that way. So you can learn about the National Parks of America. Um, Underdog Games have a new trekking game out, I think, called Trekking the World. Which I, I think, think it is Trekking the World. Yeah, which yeah, I which think is a world map. It feels um, like an evolution of this game, I, I believe. Yes, and I think... If you're interested in the sound of this, but not that, you know, specifically interested in national parks, I think Trekking the World would be a really cool one to pick up because I think it looks like the design is slightly better than the one in Trekking the National Parks. The design in this one feels like it's been designed for families, which is absolutely fine, but it means that everything is probably a bit bigger than it needs to be, is a bit not as, you know, aesthetically beautiful as I normally have the bar set for my games to be, but it's still really sweet, um, is a really 
meditative, mellow play. Mellow is my new word for describing Yeah, it's very games. mellow. It's, I was surprised again. It's brisk, it's quick, it's easy, not much complication at all. Very simple, very easy to understand. You take a couple of turns and you know what's going on. Uh, and it's got that, it has got that ticket to ride feel of being like, I could play this again because different parks are going to come out, different areas, therefore I'll be going to different areas, yeah. I'll be collecting different things, different cards will come out, so therefore I'll collect different cards. And that kind of that feeling is like, yeah, that's that's a very replayable feeling because mm. it's like, oh, it's the same same experience, but it feels different because this time a green card came out and a red card. And it's like, what is yes. the difference that makes again? Yeah. Also, because I think there are quite a few parks. There so are there a lot are... of parks, yeah. 50, I was shooting 59, I think there might be. Maybe, maybe, maybe. Yeah, 39 park cards. Um, um, so you've got a lot of parks to go through. So yeah, I mean, just... our game we played through, I think, like, nine of them, so... Yeah, so you don't you, yeah. don't you don't see loads in the game, so there's there's lots to discover each mm. each time you play, which is really cool. Speaking of discovery, next game on our list is... This is one that has been on been on my to-get to list. came out in 2020, I think it feels like the back end of 2020. I've just seen so much positive pub like positive like vibes about it yeah. and that we ordered it and it's but we're waiting it's on pre-order so technically we've got it but it's not it's not yeah. uh, we passed there. the money and this probably house, is one yeah. that goes against the although it says 30 minutes but let's have let's, let's think about this yeah but 32 but, yeah, i think yeah so this is lost runes of anarch by uh, cge designed by elwin and Min, who are a design duo it's a it's a fantastic looking game that involves deck building it involves drafting, it involves some movement, it involves abilities, it involves exploration, it involves collecting items and kind of exploring. It's got literally so many mechanics that we love mm. and, th- and things we love with this theme of you're basically exploring through to uncover this lost, lost, lost the lost ruins of this of, of, of this city and you're collecting things on, on the way to doing that. And it just looks, it just looks really great. And the components look fantastic. the The quality of the quality of the whole production looks really great. It's got these really great, like this, like these, like slate, like rune tiles. Um, I do like the look of those rune tiles. Yeah, it's got, it's got, like, it's got. Are um, they actually in the game? The, the, they are. The tablets are in the game. Yeah. The, oh and my it's goodness. got, it's got these like blue tip spears. These, these, these shiny red, um, these crystals. Uh, yeah, it just looks really great. You're exploring up through, and it just looks like, again, it looks like a great combination of really interesting art all the sort of themes and game gameplay ideas we like and just lots of different things going on that, that make it just like a yes this feels like an absolute yes for us it Although, felt like this, yes this us, is funny so you keep saying you keep referring to us but it's funny if you look at the images of the games that we discuss when you listen to this podcast by any chance this definitely looks like a more you game like there are some definitely there are definitely more of like i don't know if this is a euro game but there are some definitely more um, I think if you look at the board, then yeah. So if you look at the cards, some of the cards, uh, <laughs> it, it's like, there's one with a dragon on, and there's one with like there's one with animals on, and also I think it's the it's the it's the um, the fact that it's um, I would say the the the, the 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 actual mechanics. I think are your like, you really like deck building. It's one of your favorite mechanics. Um, and I do like deck and, building. And, and, and there's some mechanics in that I think yeah you, they're, they're your it's kind of it feels like a good hybridization of things that we like yeah I think I'm, really... I'm really curious to play and yeah. also like you I've seen loads of really positive reviews of it um, floating around the internet so I'm fascinated to finally get to have a go also the time span 30 to 120 minutes I assume is it's 30 minutes to play it I assume that's probably where they're going with it but yeah I'll be interested to see why, it's, why they believe it can be done so quickly yeah, so yeah, that is really interesting. Although it's, it looks like it has a solo mode, possibly, mm. so um, that might be why. But yeah, I've seen lots of good stuff about it as well. I think it's 
probably the the theme is really interesting to me. I'm I'm really looking forward to playing, but the theme is kind of like I can't quite I never quite get along with exploring games, so yeah. this is going to be really interesting in terms of how this one goes about because it looks like that's a theme holding together the mechanics rather than um taking over the game itself. Like I don't have a particularly good track record with something like Seventh Continent, for example. Yes. Exploration is funny, isn't it? Because we've we I think we've bought quite a lot of exploration games. Have we ever liked one? Oh, that's a good question. We'd have quite liked City of Kings. Yeah, it's kind of yeah, kind of explorer, I suppose. It's not. Like, it's not like it's not um, a proper like explorer, explorer, explorer. You're an explorer. You yeah. We bought games where you are an explorer. Go off and do your exploring, and we don't really tend to keep them. No, we don't. Which is interesting, isn't yeah, very it? Very interesting. Very interesting. Yeah. yeah. So hopefully, fingers crossed, when it comes, this will be our jam. Yeah. So those are the eight games that we have spent our money on recently. What did you make of them? Would you have bought any of those? Have you been adding games to your wish list recently? Um, have you purchased any? We'd love to hear um, what's catching your eye. We would love to hear what's catching your eye. But let's talk about what we've played. And we have played some games. We actually have played some games, haven't we? In a shock twist, we've actually managed to play... Concordia. <laughs> Concordia. And what did you think of it? Um... I thought it took us an awful long time to get to the table, as you know, if you're a regular listener. Um, and I think Concordia, it there is. I can see why it, it has the title of a classic. I can see why people are excited about it and why people return to it. I feel the theme for me is dry, um, which is it is dry. Yeah, definitely, it's dry. I yeah. think it's for my interest. It's a it's a dry theme. So in Concordia, you are trading to become the most prolific traders in the empire and for me that just feels a bit tired to be honest i can really appreciate the design i think it's super neat it's really tightly balanced um and really engaging throughout there are plenty of mechanics in that game i thought oh that's really interesting i feel really compelled by that but i would feel more compelled by the overall experience if it wasn't about um trading yeah i think the fact the fact the fact is trading it just it just felt a bit yeah i've i've i i can not argue that point the the, the the feel of the the mechanics and the theme not my jam is what i'd say not my jam you didn't enjoy it either no the, the theme. theme no yeah i did i didn't enjoy the theme i said that i said that to you when we played it i thought i was alone in that no You're i i prefer an economic game to you absolutely there's no way about that and it's an economic game i prefer those to you however i appreciate that there are some times where it's just like I would like a bit more of an engaging theme and less of a this kind of like yeah. old worldy style theme where it's just like you know you're making your bricks and your wine and your clay and it's just like and, you know yeah. and also like you're kind of colonising as well it's like it kind of like, it's a bit like what's odd, what's yeah. what's going on here what yeah. house in yeah. Asia what's happening uh, yeah, it's a bit yeah. like yeah and, and you know it's just it's just not my it's just not my jam it's just yeah. not my kind of jam but I do appreciate how well designed the game was yeah. in terms of the and quality think, of the, the game but I had a lot of fun playing I was like oh great I play that again like you know straight away yeah. But also, I kind of want to play it again for inspiration, as much as mm. I want to play it again for um, fun, because I no, think there's fair. loads that's of... Prof- but we played it. We did. We've done it. And what might we play next? After saying I didn't enjoy the theme of Concordia, I have to say it has whet my appetite. For Your appetite has been wet with a, with a H. Yes, with a wet. I always thought that was wet as in W-E-T. Is it W-E-T, W-E-H-E-T? No, it's W-E-H-E-T. Yeah, I thought it was W-E-T. Like, as in your appetite's wet because you're, like, salivating, you're like... Oh. I want to hear what the etymology is of wet. Oh, so is this another version of our Naff Words podcast? Welcome to Naff Words with me, Lottie, and my husband, Jack. Who doesn't know many words? <laughs> uh, to be fair, that's kind but of a whetstone. A whetstone 
is something that you, you, you was used in olden times. Yeah, that's the verb. Yeah. Um, to sharpen a blade or tool, and yes. the noun is a thing that stimulates appetite or desire. He swallowed his two dozen oysters as a wet. Ooh, who oh, who is it in that? Oh context? no, no! You were sort of staring at me. You were giving me eye contact during that. I didn't appreciate it. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm going to do wet etymology now as a search. Naff words. It's quite a good word. It's a great word, yeah. Wet. Interesting. I want the etymology of the noun, not the. For our listeners at home, this is this is this is this is our life. <laughs> it quite often is your life as well, isn't it? Yeah. Because I've only got the old English wetten of Germanic origin related to German wetzan, based on the adjective meaning sharp, which obviously whetstone. Mm. I quite often crack out a word because. Or maybe I... it's to like sharpen your appetite to like wet your appetite. Possibly, yeah, possibly. Because I I quite often crack out a word that's just like most of the time it's like did you make that word up and I'm like I'm pretty sure I heard it on like a book or like a TV show or something <laughs> and then we spend this time you spend then googling it and you go hmm, you didn't make this up you, this is a word I'm no like, yeah. often you made it up no often I haven't made it up often I've smashed two words together yeah which is the best word do you want to know what that's called smooshing mm. portmanteau that's what it's called a portmanteau yeah I heard that recently somewhere and I was like I do that Big all the time that's your word of the day portmanteau. you know you want a calendar portmanteau didn't you say it to me last week did we discuss it last week in the podcast yeah we did. That's yeah, why I'm bringing but no, it up but now. No, as, as in portmanteau. No, we discussed that you wanted oh. a word calendar. I think I just should just be called portmanteau man. <laughs> same, <laughs> same in the world, fighting crime. Anyway, you talk about what game we're gonna play. Your outfit's been wet. Yes, wet. Um, for a big game. For a big game or a begun the portmanteau for big game. <laughs> you could be my psychic. Portmanteau kid. No, you have a different name. Like. Word, the word wizard. Well, it's portmanteau is also called blend. <laughs> so I'm going to be blend person. Blend girl. I don't want to be blend person. You blend person. That's not like bland be, person. I don't want to be gendered and infantilised by you. Okay. But you are because you're my psychic though. If you were, if you were the chief, you'd be blend woman and I'd be portmanteau boy. <laughs> <laughs> portmanteau boy. <laughs> it's blend woman and portmanteau boy. <laughs> oh god anyway Blend Woman what's, what's I want to see that show that, <laughs> that animation series let's like write a script and we'll get Netflix to commission just, it I think Adult Swim <laughs> yeah or possibly Adult Swim yeah it's like slightly slightly Blend inappropriate and rude Manto Boy yeah, yeah. anyway so we I, yeah anyway I feel my appetite's been wet for maybe we got there more, in the end we got there in the end yeah maybe a more economic game and economic I, game that's a shocker I thought it would have been a big game what are you looking at I'm I'm having a browse around. You know what I'd actually really like to try Lost Ruins of Anarch. What would I like to try? Do you have anything you'd like to play? No, I'm I'm, I'm open. I'm open to anything really. I'm quite interested, intrigued to see where this goes. You don't want to scare me off. <laughs> no, it's, it's it's like hunting a deer. You're like shh. shh. You're trying to get me to feed from the hand of board games. <laughs> you know, board games. You start stroking me, I run away. <laughs> um, I don't know. I don't know. Because the thing that pipeline. Scalloping away, scalloping away. The thing that I was compelled by Concordia, the thing that compelled me about Concordia was um, the neatness of it. Like I don't want to necessarily play something like Cyborg Lords of Hellas. It was the decision. I was. It was still quite brisk. Gentis? Similarly, similarly to Maracaibo, it's kind of like it's yeah. pretty brisk, and maybe it's that like you're move, you're literally moving around. Mm. Maybe that was it. Gentis, I find a bit roamy in terms of like that's a bit like oh crumbs can't really <laughs> grapple with this. Why not? I enjoy this explanation of games of how they feel to you and then the acting that comes yeah. with them. 
I really hope that the people that listen to this understand what I mean because I think it would be so understandable if they didn't. <laughs> I was like, I don't know, this woman chats absolutely rubbish. Is it viticulture? Is that what I want? I don't know. I feel like maybe after not playing a game that lasted for longer than an hour for some time, I was like, I quite enjoyed that. Yeah, we did, didn't we? That was quite funny. Yeah. Terraforming Mars. No, I played a lot of that over lockdown and I feel mm. a bit terraforming mars out. You got a bit of terror fatigue in Mars. Is, is that... Are you portmanteauing portmanteauing? <laughs> that wasn't such a portmanteau, I just mashed the word fatigue into the middle. Yeah, not a very graceful portmanteau. No, that's not one of my best portmanteaus. Yeah, what's one of your best portmanteaus? <laughs> I can't, you can't... What portmanteau would you put on the mantelpiece? <laughs> the portmanteaupiece? <laughs> <laughs> do you use portmanteau, portmanteau? Only I have that capability and power to do that. Only I think we've now need to wrap this up because we've gone completely <laughs> off the deep end. If people are still here, if you're still listening, you're probably thinking, what the hell is happening? What is going on? What's going on is you've got a great new word to use in your conversation this evening. Yeah, portmanteau is a fantastic word to use in your conversations. Yeah. Let's stop talking about all of that and we'll say... Well, we'll report back next time on what game we might have played if you made a decision eventually. Yeah. Or you could make a decision, I don't know. I'll make a decision, it'd be the wrong decision. Why? Because you you clearly fancy something. I don't, but I don't. I fancy experience. You've got to work out and I've got to work out together what you fancy. So I just need to shout games at you and then eventually you go, yeah. Yeah, I'll. but the problem is I fancy an experience, not necessarily one of our games that we've got. Let's sign off and we'll see you, friends. We won't see you. That would be weird. You'll hear us. Um, but you will hear us. Through your, through your devices. Yeah, not in your actual vicinity because that would also be weird. No, we're going to take this on the road. Imagine megaphone on the driving around. Welcome to Portmanteau, <laughs> boy. Also, if we were just driving around, but I, I assume one at the back of like a flatbed truck, and we're driving around shouting this, people will just get random snippets of this and be like, "What are they talking about? Who are these people?" I'm like, oh, that's Portmanteau, boy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we're actually going to go now because you probably have things to do. Um, what me or them? No, them. Oh, not you. <laughs> I have to go back to my corner. Um, and we'll see you next time. Do get in touch should you want to do get in touch we're at Burwood Games on all sorts of platforms we are come sign up to the newsletter there are competitions there are sneak peeks of the game we might even reveal the name some people have guessed shh don't tell anyone how people guessed well they haven't guessed they found it that's not me guessing is it that's not me guessing <laughs> <laughs> they've, they've worked it out so congratulations that's not guessing it's not like I guessed what this was I'm psychic um, do you have anything else to say yes Okay, what is that? Conclusion. Excellent. Goodbye, everyone.